different things. I, I think the key thing is take yourself out of your current environment and go somewhere that's totally different. Go mm. somewhere if you if you live in an urban setting, go somewhere really really remote. Really try and get in touch both with nature but with a culture and a community that does something very different. Hello, my name is Renee Leith Manos. Welcome to this podcast, Where To From Here, featuring conversations about luxury travel and how it's changing in every pocket of the globe. Now, Mark, how on earth did a British man end up in this amazing position as vice president of wellness at one of the most prestigious health, you know, retreats and health brands in the world at Six Senses. Tell me about your story and your relationship with wellness. Well, thanks, Renee. It's, a, it's great to speak to you and, um, and to share a little bit about my story. I think a lot of it's down to good fortune, um, probably some bad choices by other people to kind of allow me to get, get into certain places and, and a lot of curiosity. Um, I really started that my, my wellness journey sidestepping dentistry. Uh, so it was very, very much this I, idea of I wanted to follow my father's footsteps into, into dentistry, took a sidestep and swerved that and sort of ventured in towards hospitality and got really lucky with the first couple of roles that I had. Wellness was always very much kind of in my blood. I loved playing sports. Uh, I, loved, I loved that element of com community within the sports teams games. Also played some individual sports as well. And I loved the physical element of it, the mental approach to it, but also that element of bonding and community that you get through that. And I think naturally, as I, as I moved into hospitality as a career, I found myself drawn to spaces where I could help people, encourage them, uh, get them to make some, some small choice changes maybe without preaching and really doing it from, from the heart. And what was your first job in wellness, hospitality? It was working at Wentworth Golf Club, which is a, an unbelievably fantastic golf, golf and country club in, um, in Surrey, uh, just outside the M25, very close to Heathrow. So a lot of the world's top golfers were basing themselves from there. I got really lucky. It was a, a case of my second year on my, my degree course and looking at a place where I could do a work placement and thinking, I'd love to play golf there. I'd love to explore that space. Kind of went there with that, that thought process of I really want to play golf there and maybe this is an avenue to do that. Um, and I, I loved it. I had, I had six weeks there, then carried on throughout the summer, um, went back at, at weekends and, and really worked there um, until I finished my degree. Um, and then carried on and, and, and sort of took a, a, a management training um, course with them, which was supposed to last two years. And I sort of did seven months of that. And then we were able to find myself a, a permanent role there. And um, I found it fascinating. It was at, at, at a time where they were opening a, a tennis and health club with a fantastic gym, big membership, you know, kids club, um, a lot of yoga and Pilates and a spa that was being added to what was traditionally a golf club with a with a with a tennis club associated to it so it was a really good timing and that's where I talk about good fortune I think I've just been yeah. very fortunate in my career I've have had opportunities to be at places at what turns out to be the right time and how did you get to six senses 
Well, it was a long journey, but I, I actually I spoke to I spoke to Six Senses well before I went to to India and 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 went up to the uh, the Himalayas. So um, I had a but conversation. Tell us about that. I'm very curious. I have to tell you, you're the second person I've interviewed this week who fell in love in the Himalayas. I mean, is that where it's at now? <laughs> well, look, it's a beautiful place. I think the first thing is if you take someone who's who's been educated in the UK who spend a lot of time in the UK and lived a normal life. And then you go and stick them um, up a mountain just, uh, just above Rishikesh overlooking the Ganga um, and, and running a, a destination spa, which was a, a phenomenal opportunity, but it was also the biggest contrast I could possibly have in terms of lifestyle. You know, I went from a, you know, a very normal life back in the UK to something where I was, I was pretty isolated, but I was surrounded by amazing, an amazing team of people that were fascinating. I had yoga teachers that I'd sit down and talk to them about their career and they weren't the least bit interested in a, a pay rise. It was all about their, their growth and development. Um, and I found it fascinating to be able to talk to people and, and see the authenticity of what they were doing. Um, and a, a big emphasis on, on yoga, yoga, Ayurveda, um, and a philosophy called Vedanta, which really kind of hooked me. I think that was a bit that really got my, my juices flowing really was this element of authenticity. I felt a little bit like in back home in the UK that when I was talking about wellness or spa as it was then and, and, and a lot of detox programs come and stay with us for two or three days and we'll really help you. I, where I felt there was a lack of content was in the educational aspect and really getting um, a longevity to change and making that real lifestyle change rather than a, a short burst of, of both revenue for, for perhaps the hotel and a bit of a reset for the individual. But, but to be able to make meaningful change, to take people to a place where it's completely out of their comfort zone, inspiring environment, you're up in the Himalayas with uh, nothing but uh, forests around you and snow-capped mountains in the background and then Rishikesh which is the you know the world capital of yoga and, and the Ganga you you can't you can't help but be swept up in that and really find it authentic in that approach and of course the, you're working at Ananda right that's the name that's right that's right yeah, yeah, that, that is Ananda one of the top top places in the world for yoga resets health and wellness I mean amazing yeah, and, and I was so fortunate because you got you get introduced to things. Ayurveda before that to me sounded rather mystical. It sounded like, you know, you I, I guess in the West we we hear the sound bites and we don't get the full context. So, you know, actually going there and immersing yourself in that in that environment and really talking to doctors that had a, a background that you could argue last you know five five thousand year history yet applying that to a, a modern day and taking a modern day approach to it. So people could go back home, whether it's to Europe or the States or, or in, indeed India itself um, and make meaningful change. And I think that was really interesting. I also got introduced to philosophy in a different way there. And I think that was fantastic because it stripped away at my ego. You know, I wanted to run my department and my area and being a destination spa, all of it was, was, was the area that you needed to really concentrate on. And, and actually stripping away at your own ego, trying to fix your own problems and sharing, talking to your team, talking to your colleagues, uh, talking to the owners and really working with them to overcome challenges. It, it made life so much easier. Wow. So would you say, you know, in an ideal world, every Western person should go, go there to the Himalayas for a period of time to find themselves? I mean, it sounds incredible. 
I think that becomes that's almost become becomes a cliche with I guess with uh, with with eat love pray and mm. and and many you know many different things. I I think the key thing is take yourself out of your current environment and go somewhere that's totally different. Go mm. somewhere if you if you live in an urban setting, go somewhere really really remote. Really try and get in touch both with nature but with a culture and a community that does something very different doesn't have to be the Himalayas it could be South you know, it could be South America and go and spend some time some time down there and really kind of see a different indigenous community doing things differently it's very easy to trace back the logic when you're there it's it's maybe a lot harder to do that when you haven't been and I think you know, it's a great place to go um, we're we're uh, in the in the process of um, of branding uh a destination retreat that's very close to that area again in the foothills of the Himalayas um, and that's that's again a stunning environment one very much focused on on you internalizing so it's very much a retreat not something you would go uh, to spend time um, perhaps to enjoy a beach or or a great or, or a great view but much more internalize and focus on yourself you know reconnecting to both your, your your own your own your own self but also um exploring and learning new things and taking time out of what is a very busy life for most people are you surprised to see this just huge shift globally from the western world towards wellness and towards the kind of program you just described no i'm not surprised i think we've gone through a period of time where we just we're inundated with information we've gone through this sort of social media age where you know, if we go back to the origins of how we were designed to survive, we were kind of designed to live in tribes and listen to those people within our tribes, not upset them too much, listen to them, try not to be on the periphery of the tribe, be part of the main part of the tribe because it was good for survival. We then enter this sort of social media age where we're inundated with information. We post something, somebody comments you might get a hundred great comments that say everything's fantastic you your brain focuses on that one and it's kind of because we're conditioned for survival in that way and i think a really big part of that is if you can step away from social media if you could take a step away from maybe your the the inherent um treadmill that might be your, your current life transport yourself or geographically go somewhere inspiring it's way easier to be inspired individually um, and change your, your lifestyle or at least open your mind to different things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And just talk me through, I mean, I'm not sure if you have a main six senses property that you're based at, but if I came there or to one of your properties, in terms of what you're talking about, how long's the program and talk me through what, would, what I would go through? It, to it, it totally varies, Rene, on, on, on which location. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're, we're now going into urban hotels. We we have yeah. a we have a, a lovely hotel in Istanbul that's fantastic. Clearly, a guest stay there is is not going to be two weeks, three weeks, which it could be um, in India at Six Senses Varna, or it could be in Six Senses Kaya in Turkey, for example, where we we perhaps have more the more elaborate wellness programming. So there's a lot of things that we have which are almost the skeleton or the or, or the foundation of wellness for us across all of our properties, and really that focuses a lot around sleep. So making sure that the sleep environment is fantastic. I think we very often forget that in terms of context of, of wellness, that really is the foundation to anything to do with your wellness and well-being, health and fitness. If you don't sleep well, you're really in trouble. So getting that bit right is really important. 
That's mm. down to the bedding. It's down to the, getting the blackout blinds right, the real sleep environment, making that strong. But then also looking at cuisine and how we link that to both wellness programming, but also people who are not interested in doing a wellness program that just want to come and enjoy a pizza by the pool and have a beer, you know, give them the healthiest version of that without them really knowing. Um, and that way, we're really able to help people. It does also help from a sustainability perspective, our, our footprint and our ability to, to really use the fewest ingredients and try and do as much as we can from what we grow in our resorts. And then in an urban setting, it might be more, more sort of local, uh, local sourcing from suppliers. But if I take you through what a, a, a possible program could be, um, prior to coming three days before arrival, we contact you, give you some tips around packing. I think that's a key element, just takes the stress out of it. And then advise you to download an app called Timeshifter, which is a partner we work with. Um, it's a brilliant jet lag app. Um, it really is rooted in science. In fact, Dr. Stephen Locklear, who works with NASA, he works on getting the, those, those guys back from the International Space Station back down to Earth time. So he's partnered with, uh, wow. with Timeshifter to develop this app. And where the, where the guys, where, where Mickey at Timeshift is amazing is he's able to get that science, which is real circadian rhythm science, simplify it into an app that just makes it so easy. So it'll just tell you when, you know, when do you need to consume your caffeine, when do you need to eat, when do you need to exercise, when do you need to sleep? And it helps to prepare you for that change in time zone and then mitigate jet lag. And clearly wow. guests arriving to us, if they're able to make the best of their first day, and their last day, and when they go back home, really assimilating back to their, 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 their home time zone better, then clearly they're getting a much more restful environment with us. Once they arrive in the property, um, then it's very much about getting them settled in and checked in, but also meeting with our wellness practitioner where we can do a wellness screening, a very simple and short screening, which takes about four minutes. And then the consultation then afterwards can guide people to the best type of, of individual treatments, activities, excursions, or perhaps getting involved in doing a wellness program. So we're not trying to ram wellness programs down uh, people's throats. We're really trying to meet them where they're at and take them on that journey. Really interesting. And Mark, given your position sitting there, I mean, what are, let's, let's call it three. What are three things that you think people in the Western world should change immediately to get well, to get better, to have a better lifestyle? I think the first thing, the first the key thing is prioritize sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's something that, that I, you know, I do, I, I got rid of my devices out of my, my room. So my bedroom is a, is a place where I sleep. There's no, there's no TV, there's no laptop, there's no iPad, there's no phone. It can't go in that area. Okay, so, so I can I just ask you, because I've done this, but my struggle is the alarm clock. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I use the, my the, phone to wake up. So what do you use? Do you get an old clock? I, I know. I, I also use my phone, but I leave my phone outside the door. Okay. Okay. And then I, it, that also gets me out of bed pretty quick because sure. I, I end up jumping up because I know it'll wake up the kids as well. But I, but I have to say one of the one of the, the key advantages and, and, and one of the best tips is is to set an alarm to remind you that it's an hour before bedtime. You know, if you if you have a consistency, and I think this is the single best tip when we talk about sleep is get a routine and have a consistent routine that you follow, whether it's a weekend or a weekday. That way you follow that routine, 
you'll you'll get the right amount of sleep, your energy levels, you'll recharge, you'll recover. So that's a key thing. So so I, I typically will set an alarm at, at uh, nine o'clock that reminds me I've got an hour now before I want to get into bed and start thinking about sleep. So I have this power down hour that we call it where I try and get my, my you know, I get ready for bed. I, I have a shower, brush my teeth, do all that stuff. Um, I sometimes meditate a little bit or do a little bit of breath work. Um, but I certainly, the key part is to get rid of those devices. It's way easier. I, I know a lot of people that will watch this work in hotels. It's way easier to say than to actually do. But by keeping my phone outside my room, I, I have a landline and, I, and people do know if there's an emergency, they, they should call that. So that's right. my that's my my sort of peace of mind. Um, the other, it, yeah, yeah. It, look, it's the other issue I was going to say, re-sleep, is, you know, the challenge that I have is on a Saturday or a Friday night, obviously, I'm going out later than I am on a Sunday and a Monday night. So what's your suggestion there? There's some really simple tips there, but... Um, and it's to do with drinking. I suspect that you drink a, a little bit of alcohol during that Correct. period. So, so key, so key thing is if you can have a glass of water in between each alcoholic drink. So very, very simple to do. Have yeah. it on the table, sip it along as you go. If you can try and stop or try not to go to bed uh, within two hours of your last drink. Right. And then try and take a couple of sips of, of a couple of glasses of water before that as well. I think the key thing is the more, the more you drink, although alcohol is a sedative, so it helps you get to sleep. What it does do is it disturbs your REM sleep. So you'll never get restful sleep and you really won't energize in the right way if the alcohol levels are very high. But yeah. that little hack is to introduce water in between, mm-hmm. um, in, in between each drink and then uh, you know, certainly a couple of glasses of water at the end of the night and, and try and leave two hours before you go to bed. Okay, thank you. Next tip two, what, what else do people need to change? Oh, look, t- tip two would be uh, w- would be social media. I think it's such a you know if you can if you have to be on social media, switch off <laughs> switch off the comments, switch off the notifications. Try to take control of your own time. Um, and if I take that back a little bit and think of my my day when I wake up in the morning, although I do pick up my phone to turn my alarm off, I don't look at my WhatsApp messages. I don't look at my emails for at least an hour after I've woken up. I think that's key because that means that that first hour is my morning. That's that's my mm-hmm. time. That's when I can do some exercise. Uh, I can get out and get some some sunlight. And this is a, a, a big part of what I advocate is, is to go out in the morning and you know, maybe have a glass of water in the morning. Wait an hour before you have your first cup of coffee or, or, or even better still, 90 minutes and have that coffee, cup of coffee outside and really reset your circadian rhythm get that natural light into into your eyes to help reset your brain it's a brilliant way um, both to connect with nature but also you know if you're going to go exercise and go for a run outside you're doing that at the same time and then you can have your coffee afterwards geez that's hard (laughs) (laughs) especially I'm um, traveling and working in Asia at the moment and my children are four hours ahead of me so I get up and they're in Australia so I get up and of course there's always messages and you know delaying that as a mum you know, but you're right. It doesn't serve them either or myself to be on it at six in the morning. It's, it, it's, it's hard. And I think with the, the key and, and having, having lived overseas a long time and, and away from my, certainly away from my parents and, and my brothers and their family, but having a young family myself, I think a key part of that is when I'm traveling, I, I actually book a meeting with them and I schedule it. So rather than keeping it free and easy and saying, I'll call you at the end of the day, I book it like it's a meeting. 
and, and it sounds uh, maybe maybe sounds a bit boring but no that i do that too i do that too I, once they a turn, week one yeah. one they turn up and two i make sure i'm there yeah and you also save all the things to say so you've got some really great chat when you actually do mm. come to that meeting yeah that's true wow that's true. okay now you, you want number said, three right yes no, yes please <laughs> uh look look i i'd say number three um would be a very simple thing it would be focusing on breath i think it's a it's it's you know clearly through my experiences in india and meeting these great yogis that that taught me that yoga was much more than a an asana or a, or a stretching class in a studio which i might have thought back back in the uk but really a much more deep experience but i think through the work that um uh, patrick McEwen does and um you know with the oxygen advantage and wim hof and you know, it's really, really key that our understanding that our breath is connected to everything we do, every emotion we feel. And if social media gives us some anxiety or being away from family gives us some anxiety, the, the fastest way to make yourself feel better is to think about breathing and take control of your breath. I can see you taking a deep breath just as I said it. It's, it's amazing it, how, it, you know, if someone prompts you, you do it. You know what I mean? It's but we don't, it's we don't so, prompt ourselves. Yeah, and it's so powerful. I mean, a very simple, you know, if you're, if you're a runner or if any runners are listening, try running and, and, and keeping your mouth shut and just oh. breathing through your nose. Put, so put a glass of water in your mouth, go for a run um, or a little bit of tape just across the, the tip of your lips. It, it, it doesn't have to close your mouth totally, but just that psychological reminder of try to be, breathe through your nose. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we, we, we're the only creature that, tries to breathe through our mouths although you, know, you might argue dogs do occasionally it's actually much more to do with them thermoregulating and panting than it is to breathe to breathing and it's it's a really simple thing but if we can breathe through our, our noses more and if we can take control when we start to feel anxious or we feel stressed or we feel like we're in that fight or flight state and we really want to calm ourselves down sounds really silly take three deep breaths and it's 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 good advice Wow. No, it really is. And look, coming back to Six Senses, how much are the programs changing now? Are they really shifting? Is the demand for your for different things changing? I think the demand is certainly changing. I think people are way more aware of their own well-being and their own health. They're, you know, with I think everything that people have gone through in the last few years, there is a, there is a desire to make some, some good choices um they they seem to be more informed that nutrition is more important so i think from a, a programming perspective people are certainly coming to us more informed mm. um something like the wellness screening that we do is a, a great tool to shed light on different areas and really encourage people it's really a, a great um, information and communication tool for our experts so although we've always had really great wellness experts it's a tool that helps them to communicate with them. So, so I think the key part is that people are coming, they're, they're more informed. They seem to know more than they used to. Mm -hmm. um, when we are talking to people who perhaps aren't coming with that primary wellness focus, which I would say most of the guests coming to us are, are really the, the second, secondary wellness traveler, somebody who's, who's, who's coming maybe because we've got a great location. A lot of them will come because of wellness programs, but I think the, the majority are coming because we've got a great location somewhere. Our right. hospitality is great. They maybe sync with our, our sustainability message and feel that, 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 that we look after the environment well and maybe in, are doing the right sort of things. But I think from a, from a perspective of what, what do our guests want now, we're certainly seeing them 
more aware. Um, they're more curious and more open-minded than perhaps before. Um, and I think that's really interesting because that's where you can see this sort of great mix of the traditional ancient medicines um, sort of connecting to modern science and being able to link those two, which I think is a, a really fun space and something I personally um, get a kick out of. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to ask you, why do you think that, you know, the Eastern medicine um, comes from, from the East? I mean, why is, isn't the Western more Eastern in that sense? Why don't we go back to nature to look for solutions to our, our ailments? I think, it's, I think it's certainly changing now, but I think mm. you know, the, the, if, if you take you know, India and China being kind of half the world's population, it's kind of easy to say, well, with Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, um, you can imagine it's fair to say that a, a lot of the um, what we see in the West is 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 coming from maybe to to those two countries. Yeah. Um, but you have to remember that most um, indigenous populations have yeah. some kind of, of of root in that, whether it's somewhere like you know, the the you know, New Zealand with the Maoris, the the the, the in Fiji, the the traditional element to their their medicine and. This is stuff which I, I think I really find fascinating in my role is going in and looking at different locations we're operating in or going to operate with the projects and then and then identifying right where is the history where's the where's the indigenous um, natural healing methods that they had thousands of years ago that they might have forgotten um, and I think then when you look at the West you know, we tend to be we, we tend to think of maybe science first I think we've all been okay. we've all seen um, through the past few years that science is is starting to embrace a lot more of the um, the traditional medicines and the more simple things instead of buying a pill and taking a uh, taking some medicine that both costs you money and comes in packaging that's probably plastic and ain't so, it's not so good for the environment and you know you're taking that regularly you know learn how to cook the right sort of food so you're taking on board the right nutrition make the lifestyle changes and, and I think that's something that we're starting to see change a lot. And through individuals like Andrew Huberman with the Huberman Lab, I'm a big fan of his, um, David Sinclair as well. These guys are going out to an audience and offering them free advice, education, because they really want to make this, this knowledge available. Um, and by doing that, what you're starting to see is this blur of ancient traditional healing and, and, in, and is backed up and rooted in science. And that's why people are turning up at the six senses with information because those guys are out there on YouTube and they've got their podcasts and all of that information can be accessed for free now, which is just so fantastic, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's also why not, you know, it use a little bit of technology to, to really inform us that, that stuff's mm -hmm. working. Our wellness screening is a classic example. Do yeah. it the day you arrive, do it the day you leave. And that's actually true. you can see the end result. We have a, a sleep tracking ring that we use, which can show you, you know, day one, day two, how you're sleeping, you know, day five, six, seven, it reinforces the positive behavior. So why not embrace some of that technology? Um, some of those biohacks that are out there now that, that help to speed recovery. I and mean, I've, I've got these great um, compression boots that I use um, and, and they're fantastic for, you know, after a workout or before a workout or, or, or just, just to recover from jet lag. And there's the, you know, why not embrace the technology that's out there and, and, and use it in support of what may have been viewed as traditional medicine, but probably is just common sense.
No, totally. And I just want to ask you something controversial because you touched on it before. So, you know, as, as a, the leader of Wellness at Six Senses, how do you justify, if I might say, having alcohol on the premises? Because there's so much out there that says we really shouldn't drink at all. So what's your response to that? I think first and foremost, we, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a resort um, company that, that is, is, is in these great locations and we want to encourage as many people to come as possible. And, and alcohol is something that in, it's certainly in Western society is, is an integral part of it. I think the key part is, is education. You know, there's no point standing there and saying, look, nobody can come to our resorts and ha have a glass of wine or have a beer or have a couple of glasses of wine and a couple of beers or enjoy another beverage or a local or a local drink some of our some of the cultures you know alcohol is also rooted in in those and and that and it wouldn't True. be right for us projecting that but i think a key part of it's education if somebody drinks already and they come to our property and they understand how alcohol impacts their sleep maybe they make an informed decision occasionally to cut down and i think yeah. that we've got to meet people where they're at rather than lecture and stand there on a, a, a pedestal and, and say, you know, you can only come to us if you've already made the decision. I think we've got to help people. I, I, I drink alcohol. I just know the impact it has on me. So I, I don't drink huge amounts and I don't drink very regularly. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm teetotal, although um, I was for a few years when I was uh, at Ananda in, uh, in the Himalayas. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that, yeah. And looking into the future, I mean, you're so well educated to, to tell us, what do you see evolving in the world of wellness? Well, I, I think if I had a crystal ball and I looked into the future, it's a, it's a tough one because I, I, I would hark back to those elements of mental well-being, anxiety being, being a, a real key um, concern for the future. And I think we have to adapt to that. I don't see social media suddenly disappearing. So I think coping mechanisms around that, and that's why I think the the, the sort of recent um, birth of of the comfort level and having also top level sports athletes or politicians or leaders of, of, of big industries talking about mental health is a is a massive plus. Um, so I think there's a there's there's strides to go there and and way way more to do in those spaces. Um, I think from a, a technology perspective, it's, it's trying to use technology to help us and use it as a tool rather than allow it to be the handcuffs. Mm. So, so really embracing it as a tool and taking control back of our lives. So I think those are, those are two, I think two key areas. I think for, for, for us at, at, at Six Senses, we, we've certainly over the, over the last six, seven years have moved towards or, or started to flirt with um, a more medical approach or, more, or diagnostics and, and really embracing elements of that as well. And, and, and that's kind of a, a really great space for us to be in. It's not everywhere. It's one or two properties and it's in the right places. It wouldn't be right to do that somewhere like uh, Six Senses Fiji or, hmm. or Six Senses Nimban Bay in Vietnam, for example, but somewhere else where it's a bit more connected to an urban setting, then why not partner with a company that could do some DNA testing, some IV therapy, and and really help people in that route. I, I'm a big fan personally of education and trying to try, you know, teach people to cook food the right way, so they take on yeah. board the right nutrition that they don't need the IV. But occasionally, why not?
Yeah, no, totally agree. And how much of um, the future of wellness will be focused on slowing down the aging process? Because I know that's that's something that a lot of people in this space are also focused on. Yeah, look, I, I think um, I mean I mentioned Dr. David Sinclair, and that's you know that's 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 his real area of expertise. But yeah, but but yeah, longevity is a, a, a certainly a, a key aspect. I, I like the fact that it's it's you know that we're we're calling it longevity and not anti-aging. It kind of feels feels way more positive and I think making us healthier longer I think is the key I don't think it's necessarily about having a, a wrinkle free face or, or 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 looking as young as possible as long as possible I think it's much more about almost that that well span your your ability to be healthy and well as long as possible I think yeah. that's great and and part of that a big part of that is our, our mental approach and outlook I think if you if you go back uh, several generations you might find people would get into a job and they'd work and they'd focus on that I think we've we've got so much information at our fingertips and um, and one of those tips to those guys that, that enjoy using social media is maybe delete all your friends off social media and only put those people on your social media platforms like Instagram and put those people that really inspire you mm. yeah because then you get those messages popping up rather than seeing what your friends eating at two o'clock in the afternoon somewhere else around the world. So, yeah. um, but um, I, 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 I think, I think the, the space is really interesting. The future's exciting. Um, I think it's good for us to look back and, and look back through history. I think there's so many ancient forms of traditional healing that, that we can reconnect to and nature being um, a big part of it that they would never divorce themselves from nature which of course living in urban urban dwellings that many of us do it sometimes feels like we've we've stepped away from nature yeah it does it does well look mark i could sit here and talk to you all day i mean i've been writing as a journalist about wellness for two decades i have not been to a six senses property i don't know how that's happened because i feel like I'm the only brand that i haven't visited so i will get there at some stage i would love to but we ask all our guests where to from here. And you can tell us what you're doing today or what's happening this weekend or whatever. Well, a difficult question, but if I, if I rather, rather than say geographically where I'll go, I say, I, you know, I really want to get involved more in the, in the neuroscience stuff. So, so really a lot of studying work to do there personally, because I enjoy it, but also looking at how I can take some of that information, really simplify it and then, look at making it available in our in our properties in some in some way or form so for me a lot of it is not maybe not so geographically but headspace is is going long, looking at the neuroscience of 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 really what we're doing to our bodies how we think and how we can improve that um and again um you know studying some of the stuff that andrew huberman and uh, david sinclair um do so well and trying to almost take those elements and see how can we how can we implement that and cascade that to the world in a in a very accessible format which they're doing a great job of they i are. just need to make it maybe simpler and, and put it into a, a format that would would work well in resorts how fantastic that's so exciting and i'm going to go now and download that app you talked about for jet lag because i don't know it and i'm traveling all the time, time i need it more than anybody time, time shifter you. it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> Yeah, wonderful. I'll go and do that now. <laughs> Lovely to meet you and thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for speaking to me today. Absolutely. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Mark. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. 
You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.